I'm Janessa. And I'm Hiram. And this is the Nameless Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to this episode of the Nameless Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about something I think we're all at least a bit acquainted with, and that is music and studying. That's right. Um, As a college student, I've heard a lot of conflicting things when it comes to music and studying. Some people say it doesn't make any difference. Some claim that the brain has a harder time focusing while listening to music and studying. So we did some research on the subject, and we're here to debunk the myths. Maybe not quite myths, more like misconceptions. And honestly, there isn't a single clear-cut right answer, so we're really just here to give you more information on the subject and narrow down what is false and what seems to be true. So I was thinking back to some of my first experiences with music and studying, and I thought of... When I was in second grade, there was this teacher down the hall. Her name was Mrs. Barker. And she was like the cool, semi-hippie elementary school teacher that everyone loved. Kind of like the grandma none of us had, but wished we did. Anyway, she was infamous among all the second graders for the music she played. And I thought she was like some witch-like figure who hypnotized her students. Because whenever she played this stuff, her class like instantly relaxed. Um... The music was just so unique, and I, I literally thought it was like her own genre. I had never heard it like outside of her classroom. So I remember sitting in class, and I was in the classroom next to hers, and I could hear this stuff playing, and I, I loved it. So a few years later, well, quite a few years later, I was with some friends, and I think I was in early high school, and I heard one of these songs, and I was like, whoa, like this is Miss Barker's stuff. And by that time, I knew it, like, wasn't her genre, but I remember, like, I recalled that second grade classroom better than I think I had in years, and so I was like, hey guys, who is this? And it turned out to be Enya, um, which is kind of funny, this, like, witch-like music that hypnotized all these seven and eight-year-olds was just Enya, um, and that's really all she ever played, so... And this was like in the time before mp3s uh so she just kind of played it off of a cd um and funny enough i have a younger brother who goes to that same school now and last year he was in the same classroom next to miss barker's and i asked him a couple weeks ago if he'd heard enya before he was like oh maybe could you play it for me so i started playing only time and he said oh yeah like i've heard this before miss barker plays this music so i was pretty happy to hear that over a decade later this woman was still sticking to enya so i asked thomas to tell me about his experience hearing this um and here it is taking a test in my second grade class and Miss Barker's the class right by me and this test was really hard and it was like stuff I never knew so 
and then Ms. Barker just pops up this really calming song. And I really liked it, and that made it a hundred times easier. Oh, really? Without that music, I probably would have finished it. Because mm. it was really good. Okay. It was Enya, right? Yeah. yeah. I remember having this really cool teacher who would actually play kids bop while we did math. <laughs> um, and they would let us vote on whether we wanted to listen to music. Oh, same here. I had some teachers who let us vote. I usually appreciated that. Um, what did your vote lean toward? Well, actually, I usually voted against the music. I kind of just found it distracting. And, and it's not that I don't love kids bop. <laughs> um, I would just get so caught up in listening to it that I would have a hard time following the long division and would get stuck on the rhythms. Mm-hmm. Totally, I feel you. Um, but since we started this project, I wonder if Mrs. Barker had it figured out. Should the music we listen to while studying be less lyric-focused, more like Enya? I think so. We found this interesting study that agrees with that claim. The goal of the research was to determine whether lyrics made much of a difference when it comes to productivity. Um, they tested three groups. One had music without lyrics, one with and one with no music. Of the three, they found that productivity was significantly higher in the group with music without lyrics. They go on to talk about how in other studies it has shown that music without lyrics can alleviate restless energy and increase focus. So less stimuli is better, but silence isn't ideal. Exactly. Well, as far as this study was concerned, it seemed like their focus was more based on lyrics versus no lyrics rather than music versus no music. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so moving forward, we found another study, but this one explores like specific techniques that people can use while listening to music. Um, Luciano Bernardi, a really famous scientist, knew that forcing the brain to go from stimulation to relaxation would increase blood flow to the brain. So he conducted this study that applied this principle to music. After trial and error, they found that listening to music for about three minutes, then following it with two minutes of silence, is the most effective way to increase blood flow to the brain. Apparently, this makes the brain alternate between arousal and relaxation in just the right amount. And because of this, we see an increase in focus, stress levels fall, they found that it could even alleviate um, extreme cases of anxiety. They saw some pretty significant changes when they listened to music and then followed it with silence. Um, and so this study showed that those two minutes of silence are significant because the transition between stimulation and relaxation doesn't last much longer. Um, but what I think the real question is, could we see students trying this because it seems kind of strange but I think if it makes a big enough difference and we have people vouching for it and like maybe professors would give it as a recommendation I could see it possibly becoming a thing we're gonna take a break for a little bit and come back with more on music and studying
we're back and we're here to talk about music and mental health which is a pretty big part of studying totally and we know that people are willing to try a lot of things in order to alleviate anxiety and stress i think music is a great solution to get there mm-hmm. and you know there's so much evidence that shows how helpful music can be when it comes to mental health there are entire fields of study dedicated to music therapy. Um, so it's pretty cool how powerful music can be for our minds. And we're learning the extent to which mental health affects nearly everything we do. And that includes studying for sure. Music therapy was a taboo for quite a bit, but people are slowly learning how effective it can be. Yeah, I could see it moving up in the ranks of therapy and studying practices. So. With time, I think we're going to see a more developed approach when it comes to music and the mind. Totally. It's a pretty well recognized that mental health is one of the largest contributing factors toward academic success or failure. We're told how important and engaging social life is for college students, but right now that's not really an option for most of us. Yeah, obviously with the current pandemic, we're seeing that without that social engagement, a lot of people are struggling in their mental health. Um, and that's why like therapy services at USU are booked out farther than they've been in years. Like people are hurting right now. And let's be honest, online classes can be challenging. I think it's really cool how much flexibility they can offer but I know a lot of people struggle to stay motivated or feel like they're studying effectively or getting enough out of their courses. Totally. So I, I think when it comes to academic success and just health in general, we really need things like music more than ever. And the greatest thing is it's just more accessible than it's ever been. Right. And don't get me wrong, like social interaction is important and there's not much we can do to replace it. But for this moment, we can look toward things like music to get some relief. Um, there's such a cool study I found on music therapy. Do you want to tell us more about it? Sure. Um, so the study starts by talking about triggers for mental illnesses. Basically, rapid changes and new stressors combined with personal vulnerabilities cause a rise in depressive symptoms and mental illness in general. Um, they say that a few examples of these triggers are job loss, disease and illness, death of a loved one, financial problems, uncontrollable life changes, and societal issues. Sound familiar? Yeah, that's like 2020 summed up in a single sentence. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to think too hard to see why people are more depressed right now. And I think we're painfully aware that this virus has caused a lot of deaths indirectly. They go on to talk about the usage of pharmaceutical treatments for depression. They found that antidepressants and serotonin inhibitors actually don't make any difference in the ratio of suicide attempts. Music, on the other hand, is found to be effective for several disorders like chronic pain management, cancer pain, and labor pain. This effect has been explained by the brain's response to music. It has this profound effect on what's called the mesolimbic system, which is just a cool system in the brain that makes life more enjoyable. 
Um, so the places that offer mental health services are starting to realize this and music therapy is starting to be offered through group and even individual programs. There are tons of studies that go into the Mozart effect. Many people utilize classical music like Mozart and Bach and these music therapy practices have proven to enhance brain capacity and actually create new pathways. Bach's concertos have been used to treat memory recovery for people with neurodivergence disorders. In the same way, they argue that music could have beneficial effects on some other neurological disorders, such as depression. Do you want me to take it from here? Please. (laughs) (laughs) So, the actual study was conducted at the Spanish Institute of Social Security and Services for Government Employees. It's kind of a long name for a hospital. In Oaxapan de Leon, Oaxaca, Mexico. There, they interviewed some people and were like, Hey, this is what we're studying. Are you interested? Also, do you have depression? Uh, (laughs) And some of the people were interested, so they brought in an expert um, psychologist, and they were like, Okay, I'm looking for people who have low levels to medium levels of depression. So they just kind of sorted through these people and chose the ideal subjects. And in the end, they had 79 participants who they evenly split between two groups. One used psychotherapy techniques and the other used music therapy. The psychotherapy method used conductive behavioral therapy, which is pretty common. Um, This consisted of 30-minute sessions once a week, and they gave them some techniques to use throughout their week. Um, The music therapy group also met once a week and listened to Bach and Mozart. They were also instructed to listen to classical music for 50 minutes a day, so that part was all self-administered. Anyway, after the eight weeks of these therapies, they measured their depression levels using multiple credible techniques. The psychotherapy group gave a final result of 12 subjects showing improvement, 16 without improvement, and 10 abandoning the study. Whereas, out of the music therapy group, 29 participants showed significant improvement with a lack of improvement in four and eight abandoned the music therapy group. Wow. Yeah, that's a pretty significant difference. They ended up concluding that music therapy and music in general offers a simple and elegant way to treat the loss of pleasure in daily activities. They go on to talk about how music has been used to treat a number of mental disorders like depression, schizophrenia, and bipolar disorder. Basically, they just found that music is really powerful and it can literally treat depression in some cases. I think it's really important throughout college to have moments where you focus on mental health and have those breaks just to enjoy life. And I think music can be a really great way to help us get there. Mm -hmm. And considering college holistically, it's clear how making these small adjustments will improve not only our studying experience, but college in general. Totally. Um, And this kind of reminds me of Alan Harvey, a neuroscientist and musician. He has a 
really cool TED talk called Your Brain on Music. And he goes into many aspects of music that we've kind of already covered, like music therapy. Um, he talks about memory improvement and the emotional benefits and a lot of other stuff. But what I found the most applicable is when he talks about the importance of music in education. And not only for studying purposes, but learning about music itself. According to Alan, the field of education is possibly the most important place that we will ever experience music. He goes on to explain that the more, more and more research is showing us that at least some musical education has a positive impact on social and cognitive development of children. These effects are long-lasting and they include benefits like better hearing, better motor skills, improved memory, which incidentally appears to go all the way onto old age as better verbal and literacy skills, um, and even better skills in mathematics. So we're learning that not only playing music while you're studying, but learning about the music you listen to is so important. You know, and there is the counterclaim that says music doesn't really make much of a difference. There's this interesting study that tested learning performance while people listen to in-tune and out-of-tune music. They had fast pace, slow pace, as well as no music and background noise. Um, and the results ended up showing that there wasn't really any effect on the different types of music and overall performance on the test subjects. but. I think the more we learn about music, we can see that if you utilize it in the right ways, it can honestly change your whole studying and educational experience, which is pretty cool. So if you're interested in any of these studies that we mentioned today, we'll link them in the show notes along with that TED Talk. That's all we have for you guys today. Have a happy holiday season, stay safe, and enjoy music as much as you can. For now, I'm Janessa. And I'm Hiram. And this is The Nameless Podcast.